0: Welcome to Bedcrime Stories Podcast. I'm your host, T. To my bed crimers. Hi, how are you? I hope you're doing well. To anyone new here, a warm welcome. Thank you for checking out the channel. Do me a favor, if after watching the video you find you enjoyed it or you learned something, smash that like button and please consider subscribing and if you want to support the work I do, please consider a membership. I keep the price really low, $1.99 a month. Hey, that's much less than even one drink from Starbucks. Now, without further ado, let's dig in. Law professor and father Dan Markel died on July 18th of 2014 after being followed by perpetrators with evil intent in Tallahassee, Florida. It took 2 years for Markell's family to get any tangible answers, but on May 25th of 2016, Dan's mother Ruth received a call from Tallahassee lead detective Craig Isom. Isom rang to say a man named Zigfredo Garcia had been picked up. Garcia was the first person publicly named by law enforcement in Dan's murder. Ruth, very thoughtfully, called Dan's former wife, Wendy Adelson, in the morning to let her know a police press conference was going to take place later in the day, possibly about an arrest in the case. Per Ruth, Wendy called her back several times that morning, trying to get as many details as she could. Ruth said she felt like Wendy was calling her almost frantically. Hell yeah, can you imagine? Let's say Wendy did know that some of her family members were involved in the crime. I'm speculating here Wendy has never been charged with anything, but if she knew, of course if she heard there was going to be an arrest, she would have been out of her mind. Ruth was in continual contact with lead detective Isom, and he told her not to have any additional conversations with Wendy that day. Ruth explained in her book, The Unveiling, that she called Wendy that morning about the crime for the sake of her grandsons, Benjamin and Lincoln. Just two days later, Wendy publicly praised the investigation and said the arrest, quote, some closure for her and the children. Ruth said that for her, closure was the farthest thing she felt with news of Garcia's arrest. Makes sense. Ruth had no clue why some guy from Miami drove seven to eight hours north to Tallahassee to harm her son. There's no closure when you hear of an arrest. For Ruth, this news opened up a whole new hole of unknown. The rest of Dan's family also felt this way when Zicredo Garcia was arrested. So why was Wendy so quick to mention closure at this point? To me, it sounds like she maybe wanted the whole situation to be over because maybe, just maybe, she already knew who did in Dan and why, unlike the Markels. Again, that's me speculating Wendy has not been charged with any crime. Garcia's probable cause affidavit was released publicly on June 2nd of 2016, and it contained information that had never before been shared. The affidavit included the following sentence quote, Investigators believe motives for this murder stemmed from the desperate desire of the Adelson family to relocate Wendy and the children to South Florida, along with pending court hearings that might have impacted their access to their grandchildren. End quote. The affidavit further revealed the shocking news that Wendy's mother, Donna, and her brother, Charlie were unindicted co-conspirators. This meant the cops alleged that Donna and Charlie had been involved in planning the crime, and they named them in an indictment, but had not personally indicted them for the crime. For Ruth, Phil, and Shelley Markel, the news was like having a bomb go off in their heads and their hearts. The affidavit also mentioned other suspected co-conspirators. Louis Rivera, Katie McBanoa, Garcia's baby mama, and Charlie's girlfriend in 2014. In addition, the affidavit spelled out the checks Katie McBanoa began receiving from the Adelson Institute just after Dan's death, all of which were signed by Donna Adelson. The next bombshell came about a month later, on June 17th, when Luis Rivera was charged with first-degree murder. Soon, a victim support liaison, and prosecutor Georgia Kappelman were having calls with the Markels. As Ruth, Phil, and Shelley were learning the new language of criminal vocabulary, words like defendant, hearings, and judgments, they were also becoming more and more concerned about Dan's sons. The Markels' communication with those little guys ceased. Ruth wondered, are the boys safe? Are they hurting? What have they heard? They were only 5 and 6 at this point, but kids that age often hear more than the adults around them realize. Ruth received permission from Issam to email Wendy through her advocate. Ruth simply asked how the boys were doing, but despite multiple efforts to communicate with Wendy and the boys, the Markels never received a response. For Ruth, this meant she felt little peace She was constantly worried about Ben and Lincoln's well-being, another unnecessary cruelty inflicted on the Markels by Wendy Adelson. Then on October 1st, that same year, 2016, Louis Rivera gave an unrecorded proffer to law enforcement. FYI, in case you don't know, a proffer is an offer to cooperate. Rivera, as we know, Told the investigators about his role in the crime. And he corroborated, I hate that word, the allegation that Katie McBanois facilitated his and Garcia's hire for the egregious crime. On October 4th, Rivera provided another proffer. This time it was recorded. So that proffer is what many of us have seen on YouTube. So that's Rivera's second proffer. In exchange for information and a guilty plea, Lewis received a very light sentence. Only seven years added to his existing sentence for previous crimes that he'd been convicted of. Rivera would now serve a total of 19 years for his previous convictions and for Dan's death. Ruth was okay with this deal, because it led to the arrest of Katie McBanawa, who would soon be connected to Dan's former brother-in-law, Charlie Adelson. Ruth wrote in her book that there was conflict at this point between the Tallahassee PD, the FBI, and the state attorney's office. The police and the feds believed they had enough evidence to arrest, quote, members of the Adelson family, end quote but state attorney Willie Meigs disagreed. Ruth said her last communication with Wendy was October 13th of 2016. That was Lincoln's birthday, and Ruth had a video chat with both Lincoln and his brother Ben. After that, all communication ceased. Makes sense. How could Wendy feel safe speaking to Ruth After members of her family, Charlie and Donna were named as unindicted co-conspirators, that would be a very awkward and dangerous chat for Wendy. Wendy maybe decided it was safer to avoid all communication. When it came time to try Garcia and McBanoa, their public defenders actually bowed out due to a possible connection to Dan. You know, he was a lawyer. The on-again, off-again couple. McBanoa and Garcia, then hired private lawyers to represent them. This news made many wonder who was paying for those lawyers. Ruth went on to say that just when she thought she couldn't be shocked by anything more, she learned from investigators who paid Garcia, Rivera, and McBanoa to carry out the crime against her son, Dan, Charlie Adelson, and allegedly his mother, Donna. This made the Markels even more concerned about Lincoln and Ben. They were thinking about the environment the children were being raised in. How were Dan's kids being influenced by the characters and morals of the closest people in their lives? the adelsons once wendy's five-hour-long interview was publicly released ruth said things became quote darker one of the details ruth noted was that wendy's tears during the interview can be interpreted in many ways as sadness yes or even as relief remember during that interview wendy told isam that on the ride over to the police station with him, she wasn't sure if she was a suspect. So, was she crying out of a sense of relief when Issam told her that she wasn't a suspect and that he had no reason in that moment to suspect that she was involved? Interesting fact, Craig Issam shared with Ruth that Sigfredo Garcia's arrest was postponed to protect her and the boys. Three weeks before Garcia's arrest, Ruth was in Miami visiting Ben and Lincoln. The police did not want to destroy Ruth's visit with the boys, so they waited until the visit was over and Ruth was back in Canada. That's all for today. I hope you guys have a wonderful weekend, and I'll see you next time on Bed Crime Stories minutes after okay all right i know it's cold in here i think that's not why okay i I know it's part of it but but but, um do you know anybody that would have a beef against your ex-husband he's um Oh, God. I hate to ask it now, but I have to do it now. You understand, right? I understand. Right? I understand. Um, he. I mean, he had friends. He was. Um, he always meant well, but he would sometimes rub people the wrong way. Okay. Um, but not. Not anyone who would do something like this. Any Anybody that he owes money to? No, he okay. owes money to me. He owes money to you. But not, Not me! Okay, alright. (laughs) Alright. Oh my god, we're poor (laughs) kids! Oh my god! we're still trying to determine, you know, what happened and how it happened. But he wouldn't do this to himself. Okay. He was a very positive person.